You are listening to the podcast from Mosaic Church. Stay tuned after it for more info about how to get and stay connected with our church family. Now, let's dive into this week's message. Thank you very much. Let's give God a great clap if we can. Just so worthy of all our praise. Well, I'm happy to be here when you're having services both online and in the building. How many of you are glad to be back in the building? Raise your hand. Um, Just so wonderful. I'm so blessed to be here with um, Morgan Carey, their family, your great elders, John Galen, their families and staff. Wonderful to have my wife of 42 years. I know you're thinking, how could a man that looks 20 be married 42 years? Well, this is what a life of good exercise and diet will do for you. Just kidding. I am 20, give or take, 46 years. Okay. Well, I'm so happy to be here and I'm going to share a message with you. I want to talk a little bit about the fact that God's not been surprised by 2020. He's not surprised by 2021. So I want to just review a bit of, to give you some perspective on where we are. Then I want to answer this question in this little message, which I'll entitled, Meet Me in Galilee, 2021, our doom or our dawn. What's God saying? You say, can you see me? Not well. My glasses went missing in action at Rudy's last night. I don't know if it was the ribs or the turkey or the brisket. Somehow my mask made it back and I can't find my glasses. So if you're unhappy, I won't know it. Just kidding. All right, let's pray. Lord, we're just so thankful. We're so thankful for the privilege of meeting together online and in person this morning. You've been so gracious. As hard as it's been, we can't imagine how hard it couldn't have been, could have been without your help. So speak to us now. You know each and every heart, each and every person, both here physically or online. Help us, Lord. Amen. Let me say, nothing surprises God. It's not like God's blind. He's omniscient. The Bible says he doesn't do anything in the earth without sharing it with someone. And part of the gift of prophecy is God shares things with you about things. For me, that journey started December 31st, 2018. To give you some context, I'm part of Bethel World Outreach Center, one of our great Every Nation churches. It's a multi-site church in Brentwood, Tennessee, a suburb of Nashville, pastored by James and Debbie Lowe, who are dear friends with Morgan and Carrie. James is African-American. Debbie comes out of the Winan family, BB, CC, etc. I might add, she can sing as well. At 16, she opened for Whitney Houston around the world. And as you might imagine, we have some rocking music in our church. Um, It's multi-site. We have 60 or 70 different countries um, in our church. The site I go in, which is the one where Pastor James speaks, is predominantly African-American. Kathy and I are used to that. I grew up in multi-ethnic Christianity. Kathy and I in the South pastored a church that was 70% African-American. My senior associate and dear friend, had been on the way to the Black Panthers when Jesus saved him. Um, That city did not like us much. Um, 
They weren't real happy to see us come. They were probably happy to see us go. Problem is we didn't leave. And uh, God raised up a thriving church. So I want to give you a little bit of my history. And typically, um, every year, they ask me to speak at our happy New Year's service. Pastor Jim is going to open the new year. What is God saying? Well, this may be looked back and called the unhappy New Year's service. But anyway, it was 2018, December 31st. I was on the front row getting ready to speak and already thinking about football and goodies and what the next day would hold. And I began to have a series of impressions from the Holy Spirit. And I I saw the scales and America was being weighed in scales. Um, It wasn't looking good. And all of a sudden, the Holy Spirit spoke and said, America's coming to a tipping point, son, get ready. And the next thing I knew, I had a strong impression of the Holy Spirit in New York City was just shattered. Uh, The financial markets were collapsing. I wondered if the city was just going to fall into the Atlantic Ocean. It hit me, and we have a daughter and son-in-law there. And as this impression began to come to me, I began to hear this word over and over, 17 months, 17 months. And I gathered that within 17 months, major crisis was coming. And the crisis rippled all the way across the United States. I could just see shaking and pain. It's almost like I could hear people screaming, who will save us? Who will help us? Where's the government? Depression, recession. It hit California. California went vertical. That affected me. In Silicon Valley, I have a son his precious wife, and three of our eight grandchildren. And the whole country began to slide economically in agonizing pain. And quite honestly, I was stunned by it. The Lord does show me things from time to time over the years. And as I was processing this, wondering, my gosh, what is going to happen to our country in 17 months, I heard... Pastor James go, happy new years. Welcome to our night of worship and joy. I want to invite one of our elders and board members up to talk about the great new year ahead of us. And I go, oh, welcome to your unhappy new year. Anyway, I got up and I go, you know, well, brothers and sisters, praise the Lord. Uh As we were worshiping, I had an impression and the hand of the Lord came on me. I said, in the next 17 months, within 17 months, our nation is going to be terrifyingly shaken. And as the Lord began to show me, I said, I want you to know, as the calendar ticks down to 17 months, which was right around the weekend where Mr. Floyd was tragically killed, I said, we're going to go into a terrible time of division and brokenness and pain in our country. Um, There's going to be polarization that's ethnic, that's political. And many are going to say America's just going to break apart and fall into anarchy. I said, I want you to be careful that you don't feed on the doomsayers. Because I want you to be careful because the hearts of many will fail them for fear. I'll never forget that night. It's public record. And, and I said, but this is what the Lord wants to tell you. I talked about our church and God mightily used our church in Tennessee. And our pastor, really to guide our governor through these moments. It was astonishing what God did. I'm so proud of my local church. And I said this. This is what the Spirit of God would tell you. America will not end in lasting depression. America will not end in lasting recession. America will not end in anarchy. 
America will end in an outpouring of God's spirit. Let's give God a hand. He's just able. He's able to touch us and minister to us. I was so burdened. I ended up taking 10 days off just to pray. Kathy and I went into the the mountains of Tennessee in May. On May 18th, the Lord spoke to me out of Jeremiah 12, 5 and 6, where it says, if you've Walk with the footman and you're tired. He says, Jimmy, I know you're tired, but you're about ready to run with the chariots. And he said, if you've fallen flat on your face in the safe country, what will you do when it gets really hard? He says, Jim, it's going to get really dangerous in America. And I thought, okay. He says, no, son. Crisis is coming to your world. The next morning I woke up and the Lord whispered to me and he said, Let me tell you what's coming to our world. It was May 19th. It was in the morning sitting in the mountains of Tennessee. And I saw a terrifying river of mindless, merciless death flowing from the direction of China in Asia. Went into every nation of the world, bringing death and destruction. I remember journaling, and I wish I had it here to read to you. In every nation, it will go bringing death in its flow. I didn't know then that was COVID, which was coming on the earth. As the months came, the Lord would warn me over and over. And by fall, I was praying and crying out for the nation in China, wrestling as I saw that thousands were going to get this disease. Crying out and praying. And of course, COVID hit. And by God's grace, he'd spoken to me prophetically and I ended up with the greatest leaders across America from, if I mentioned the name, you'd know them all of every ethnicity. And we decided to pray that swept around the world. And by June, a tech magazine said 870 million people had already prayed. I don't think that's true, but I'll claim it. It sounds good anyway. But I imagine over a billion people have now prayed. And I want you to understand The pain we've experienced here has been worldwide. Not just COVID, the ethnic pain, uh, the polarization. During this time, a pastor, and he said, said, one of the great, great pastors in Europe, a movement that spans the world, and he said, listen, he said, uh, there's a woman in my church. She's the leading voice for civil rights in this part of Europe. She's a woman of color, she's African, and her two daughters were targeted in the street and murdered with a knife assault by a radical, a white one. I got on the phone with her husband, couldn't get on the phone, she's weeping on the phone. Godly, spirit-filled woman. She says, Pastor, all my life, I've given myself to reconciliation. And my daughters were targeted and stabbed to death. And pastor, when the police came, they took pictures of their body with selfies and posted them. A lot of pain in the world, beloved. A lot of hurt in this world. By June, I I found myself just overwhelmed with the pain. And all that was breaking out in the world. I mean, I knew pastors whose people were starving to death while they were quarantined. One night I was in prayer. It was June 8th. And I'd I'd taken some time off before COVID. I was going to take some time off to write a book. That went by the wayside. 
They did have some surgery, shoulder, knee replacement, different things like that. And the Lord spoke to me, he said, stand up. He said, don't look left, don't look right, don't look back. Keep on praying. Here's what's going to happen. I knew it was Lord because three days later, my 90-year-old mother called me. She's filled with the spirit, prays. Her oldest intact friendship, 79 years. She has prayer partners, 45 years. So she goes, honey, it's mama. I said, hello, mama. She goes, Sandy called me. I said, who's Sandy? One of my younger friends, honey. She's 75. We've been praying together 45 years. And Sandy said, tell that boy yours, don't look left. Don't look right. Don't look back. Get up and keep praying. I said, okay, God, I get it. You're sending me a message. All right. So in this time of the Lord, I found myself walking just through a very just dystopian environment, kind of the opposite of utopian. Dark, unemployment, pain, ethnic pain, injustice, just, I mean, it was just heavy on me. I'm trudging through this. Lord says, feel like you're back in the 60s, huh? I said, yes, I do, Lord, since you're asking. He said, I had to bring you back to the 60s to finish some business. But don't be afraid you're going to cross back over into the 70s. I said, what's so good about that? He goes, duh, the Jesus movement where I touched you. It reminded me of the great revival that swept through our nation, that swept through my high school like a mighty hurricane where hundreds of us would worship at lunch. 30 days later, LA Times, one of the front page, one of the other sections, little headline, revival on the beach, Orange County, California. Orange County was where the Jesus movement began. Where are we going? Where are we heading? We're headed to a worldwide outpouring of the Holy Spirit. I think of the end of my year where our historic district was blown up on Christmas morning. It was a strange one. It was an RV bomb with a, with a, with a voice warning people to get away so they wouldn't die. Blew up our historic district. Then the tragedy of the capital which broke my heart but did not take me by surprise the day before he spoke to me and said in my prayer time, tomorrow the heart of your nation will be deeply torn but not permanently divided. Trust me, watch what I do. Where is God in all this? What would he say to Mosaic Church? What would he say to the fastest growing city in the world in Austin? What would he say to you? Here's what he began to whisper to me as I look at 2021. Am I saying let the good times roll? No. I am saying God's coming to meet you and touch you and touch this nation. Before Jesus died, I'm going to take you back to that moment. He warned his disciples there was a dark time coming. He told him in John 16, there's a time that's coming that's so hard, you're all going to end up scattered to your homes and all be alone, but God will be with me. They couldn't comprehend it. Matthew 26, he told him, he said, listen, tonight you're all going to deny me. <laughs> that's the encouraging service. First communion. Oh, by the way, what if I just said, by the way, uh, before tomorrow, everyone in Mosaic Church will be a Christ denier. 
Morgan probably wouldn't invite me back. And of course, if you all denied Christ, you wouldn't want me back. What can I say? I mean, they couldn't comprehend that there would be a time so dark they denied. Peter said, no way. Jesus said, Peter, you'll deny three times. And the rest of them were bragging about it. But in the middle of it, he said, listen, I'm going to go ahead of you to Galilee. So when you come out of this dark time, you're going to find me by the Sea of Galilee. When he was raised from the dead and Mary and the brothers came down, the women always had more faith than, than the men in that account. I don't know how much things have changed, to be honest. But anyway, they come down to the tomb. The men go back. Mary stays. Angel appears. He says, Mary, catch those disciples quick. Why quick? Because when a new day dawns, you don't want to linger. Tell them I've risen from the dead. Jesus told them that later. And I'm going before you to Galilee. There you'll see. Like, what is this Galilee deal? Why was it so important coming out of this time of fear, coming out of this time of pain, that we meet him in Galilee? It wasn't because they needed a seaside vacation. I've been to the Sea of Galilee. It's because on the Sea of Galilee, they were called. Around the Sea of Galilee, they were discipled. On the Sea of Galilee, they had the great catch. What is Jesus saying? I'm bringing my church back to Galilee. I'm going to commission you. I'm going to touch you for the greatest harvest you've ever known. Now, that process of the Lord freshly galvanizing us, freshly touching us, has three steps. These next 15 minutes, I'm going to take you through all three. He'll be touching many of you before you walk out of this service. Before you... Turn your computer or phone off. He's right here. Breakthrough. Breathed on. Boatload. Says in John 20, 26 to 28. On the evening of that day, Jesus had been raised from the dead. For 12 hours, all of history had changed. 12 hours, beloved. It was the first day of the week. May I say, it was the first day. Of a whole new world. The doors being locked where the disciples were for fear of the Jews. What am I saying? Jesus rose to a world where his followers were quarantined. Rose to a world where his followers were locked down and locked up by fear. Even though he'd risen from the dead, it was as if nothing changed. And this is nothing to do. I believe in mass. I believe in protecting people. I believe in all of it. But may I tell you, even when the reality changes, if you're not careful, the mentality will stay with you. Even when everyone's vaccinated, there'll be people still locked up in fear. Because it's very easy in a long reality to take over with a new mentality. He'd been raised from the dead. They were locked up, locked down, quarantined. And you think we've had it bad here? On the phone to Europe, they hadn't, been, they hadn't been in the church building for 12 months. We had a snow apocalypse. It's terrible here. I assume where people were literally starving to death in their homes. Locked up. Locked down. 
a world under quarantine. And what's it say of my Jesus? And Jesus came and stood among them and said, well, how'd he stand? The door was locked. He walked through the wall. I tell you by the Holy Spirit, listen to me. He's been walking through walls all over the world. You can't distance him in the end. You can't hide behind a mask in the end. You can't quarantine him out. You can shut down church buildings, shut down restaurants, shut down everything. You'll never shut the Holy Spirit down. You'll never shut him down. The very Jesus that walked through the walls on day one of his resurrection is walking through the walls of your mind right now. Those of you online, he's walking into your home right now. He's never changed. You can't lock him up. You can't lock him out. No one can lock themselves out from God when he chooses to invade their heart. They may say no, but he'll touch them. He'll draw them. This Jesus, in a world quarantined, we think, oh my gosh, the church has been locked down. Does that mean Jesus has been locked down? Do you think because we've been quarantined, Jesus has not been at work? Do you think because our building shut down, heaven shut down? You think like, oh my gosh, heaven's closed. Heaven's never closed. Do you realize when our great EN missionary, God sent him to Iran. He was scared to death to go. Didn't even speak Farsi. He landed, it's true, he landed at the airport. Last person in line with his little wife, precious Filipino couple, decades ago. The, the, the religious police tearing open luggage. He didn't know any better. He had a, he had a boatload of Jesus video and Farsi and Bibles. They look at him and say, ah, there's nothing in your suitcase, come in. A crowd was waiting for him because two different Iranian men had been come to Christ where he was. They didn't show up. He began to pray and preach. It was perfect Farsi. People began to cry. You know why? They'd already been preached to in dreams by angels. That is true. You think God's limited? You think somehow because the church has seemingly been shut down that God has shut his mouth? The same Jesus that walked through walls is walking through Austin, walking among the homeless, walking among the affluent, walking through every neighborhood. And here's what he's saying. Peace. I've got this. Your home, your business, your marriage, your life, your kids. I've got this. I've got this. Peace be unto you. And he's so patient. You know where they were eight days later? Still locked up. How does Jesus walk through the walls and you see him and not go? Thomas goes, I don't believe it. I'm not an easy believer. There's a sucker born every minute. It's not me. Oh, no, I know things have never really changed. You say, Pastor, that's kind of me. I'm like Thomas. Me too. We all got a little Thomas in us. Aren't you glad you're not a Bible character? He's, where reputations were concerned, he told the truth. Jesus walks through the wall. He says, Thomas, put your hand in the nail holes. Thomas, he goes, I don't need it. I believe, I believe. He said, Thomas, you saw and believed. 
But there's a generation and generations coming. They'll never see this and bleed. And there's a blessing on them. Finally, after nine days, they took the three-day walk to Galilee. We'll get there. But he didn't just break through. Look at me now. He didn't just walk in through the walls, walk into their lives, break their mentality. Oh, 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 no. The Bible says this. My next point. Jesus said to them again, peace. As my daddy sent me, I'm going to send you. And when he had said this, when he said, I'm sending you to Austin, I'm sending you to the world, I'm sending you out to UT, I'm sending you in this area, he breathed on him. I was looking at the National Geographic 220 picture montage. I love things like that. This was not a real happy montage, heroic, but not happy. And they summarized it with this phrase. 2020 was the year that took our breath away. Oh, that's so. COVID, yes. Fear, yes. Ethnicity, yes. A cry rippled through our own nation like a wave. I can't breathe. All around the world, people fought for physical, ethnic, political, religious, economic breath. I prophesy this to you. 2020 took our breath away. In 2021, Jesus is going to breathe on us. He's going to breathe on you. He's going to breathe his life in you. He's going to breathe his fresh spirit in you. How many of you say, Pastor Jim, I need a little fresh breath from God right now. Raise your hand. Let's just ask him. Say, Jesus, Breathe on me. Say it again. Jesus, breathe on me. Take a deep breath. Breathe in his peace. Let's take an exhale. Now breathe in his presence. As you exhale, just give him those stresses. He's walking through your walls, walking through your halls, sees all your falls. He says, Peace. I'm going to use you. Peace. I'm sending you. No matter how you feel, you fail me. I'm breathing on you. But what was this all about? Why would he? Why would he just break? I mean, listen. We're not them. That was a room full of deniers. Other than the women that were present, none of them had denied one man showed up at the cross. All the Marys made it. Never asked why they denied him. Just in your brokenness, I can use you even more. But where is he going? What's he after? I suggest to you that the breakthrough is followed by being breathed on and followed by a boatload. He's coming to give us a boatload of harvest. He's on the way to your businesses, your lives, your marriages, your finances, and most importantly, a boatload of fresh, precious humans being touched. After this, Jesus revealed himself again to the disciples by the Sea of Tiberias. 
Only took them, quick to them, took them 12 days to obey. Part of it was a three-day walk. Makes all of us feel better. Seven of the living 11 made it. Judas had hung himself. They got on a boat. Peter goes, I'm going fishing. They go, we're going with you. Whether it was, well, Jesus can't really want us anymore. We'll go back into the fishing business. Or let's see if we get a catch. The Bible says they fished all night and caught nothing. That's the cry of a world. What have we caught in a dark night? What's happened with my children who've lost special moments? What about my mental health? What about my business dream? Pastors have told me for the first time I have no idea how many people are even coming to church. God, what have we caught? Well, I caught COVID. That's about all I caught. I didn't catch that and nothing else. Lord, I guess it's just good I survived. Hundreds and thousands didn't. What have we caught? But in the middle of that agony, just as the day was breaking, the new day had come, still too dark to see it. Jesus stood on the shore. He stands on your shore. He stands at the door of your church, the door of your heart, the door of your house, the door of your dorm, the door of your neighborhood. But they did not know it was Jesus. Too dark to see him. As a new day totally dawns, Jesus is standing in front of you, but you can't recognize him yet. I know it's hard. You're going to find that even when he spoke, those who knew him best did not recognize the voice they had heard. Calm the sea. Raise the dead. Why? Because when reality becomes mentality, it distorts even the voice of your Savior. Can't hear him. Can't see him. I've caught nothing. I've barely survived. I've lost 18 months of my life. Children, have you caught anything? He said, made any progress? No. They still didn't recognize him when he called them children. That empty net, put it on the right side of the boat. Those boats were about six feet wide. Jesus knew what they didn't know. In the darkness, there was a burgeoning harvest. In a broken world, crying out. What the devil thought would destroy, God realized, would open for the gospel. They tossed the net on the other side. They said the fish were in such great quantity. They couldn't drag it in. Finally, John, the closest to him, realized, wait a minute, I've lived this story before. Hmm, wait a minute. Huh, you know, now that I reckon, I've seen that silhouette before. Hmm, that voice did sound a bit familiar. Peter, it's Jesus. Peter denied three times. He felt his ministry and life was over. He'd cursed and blasphemed. Cursed, I've never known him. But when John said it was Peter, Peter realized there's another chance for me. Despite what this time of darkness revealed in my heart. The Bible says he forgot all about everyone else, threw his robe on, dove into the water. Let me say this. Today, you're one of two. Maybe you're Peter. You feel like, man, Pastor Jim, I've, I've blown it. I've seen things in my own heart. I've been angry, frustrating, despairing, mad at God. He sees it. 
he'll still use you. Dive back in. Dive back in. Dive back in. Dive back in. As COVID recedes and church is open, don't let a health scare become your habit. Dive back in. Dive back in. Some of you are John. You're the voice that's going to help the Peter. Dive back in. Peter, it's the Lord. John, it's the Lord. Susan, it's the Lord. Anne, it's the Lord. Frank, it's the Lord. You're going to watch the church diving back into harvest. You're going to, and here's the incredible thing that just boggles my mind. Two more points, and I'm going to close you in prayer. They drag the harvest ashore. It's massive. They've never known a catch like it, and two amazing things happen. When they got out on the land, they saw a charcoal fire in place with fish laid out on it and bread. Whoa, what's this mean? They said they'd caught nothing. They know fish in the sea. Oh, there's nothing happening. And Jesus just said in one moment, I thought you caught nothing. I've been fishing all the time. My kingdom's been advancing all the time. Look what I've prepared for you. Jesus has been fishing all the time. It's just too dark to see your progress. You can't yet see a clear mirror of what's happened in your character. Wasted year? Are you kidding me? It'll turn the world to new openness when it's done. And here's the amazing thing. When they dragged the catch in, I might add, it was Peter that dragged it in. When they dragged the catch in, it says there were 153 great fish. 153 was the number of fish in the Mediterranean at that time, some say. What is God saying? There's a harvest of unbelievable quantity, unbelievable quality that leaves no one out. No ethnicity, no orientation, no ideology. He's coming. And here's the interesting thing. The net did not tear. Why was that so important? Three and a half years ago when they had the greatest catch they'd ever known, the net tore. Symbolic of the fact that neither their relationships or their character could take the harvest Jesus had for them. My gosh, there were zealots that hated the others, tax collectors considered as traitors. Kind of people they considered kind of uneducated, sophisticated. I mean, what is God saying? He's been doing things in our heart with our pain, our biases, our fears, our anger, our prejudice. He's just brought a lot of it to the surface. Some of you still feel like a seething cauldron on the inside. Why has he done that? To bring things to the surface so they can be dealt with in your hearts, in the hearts of others. Because he's raising up a church. He's raising up a church right here at Mosaic that no matter what you catch, the net won't break. If you need a breakthrough, If you need to be breathed on, you need a boatload, wave at me. 
If your hands are up and they're up, stand up. I'm going to pray for you now. Morgan, come join me. Say this, Jesus, I need your breakthrough. Jesus, breathe on me. Say it again, breathe on me. Now open your arms wide. Jesus, I renounce the lie that this has been wasted. There's a boatload coming. You're changing me. There's harvest coming. I receive everything you're doing during this time. Lord, there may be a bit of Thomas in me, but I choose to believe. I choose to believe. Now I'll pray. Jesus, bless my Mosaic family. I'm so proud to be associated with them. Here they stand in the fastest growing city in America. Believing for you to raise up a great multi-ethnic net. As they build and bond around who they are in Christ. (laughs) Devil never should have messed with them, Lord. Boatloads are coming. Boatloads are coming. Give them their breakthroughs and breathe on them, I pray. Thanks for listening. For more info about how to get and stay connected to Mosaic Church, please visit us online at www.mosaicchurchaustin.com or download our app from your app store.